With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K at Novacure Complex again. It's Friday. As of this moment, there has not been a Jalen Ramsey trade yet. We're putting the disclaimer on here. We're going to talk about Jalen Ramsey possibilities later in the podcast, just in case this becomes old in an hour or a couple hours or later tonight or later this weekend. Uh, but we're certainly going to, we certainly still have to talk about Jalen Ramsey. Mike and I both came up with a couple of trade proposals ourselves. That's on NJ.com. We're going to kind of go through that a little bit, but uh, we'll focus for the first part of this podcast. If you're only here for Jalen Ramsey content, just fast forward to the end, I guess. But uh, we're going to start by talking about injuries. So we, it's been a main topic of conversation all week for obvious reasons. Half their team got hurt on Sunday against the the Falcons. That's only a minor exaggeration, <laughs> actually. Well, that's right. So Doug got asked about, like, are you going to have enough healthy players, which I think was a fair question. And his response was, like, the way he responded to the Carson Wentz question the other day. He was, what are you talking about? We're going to have plenty of guys. But if they – so if if all the guys that got hurt on Sunday don't play, plus Camus, that's six right there, and then Nate Sudfeld would be inactive anyway. So then if there's any – so Jonathan Cyprian has been hurt this week. Right. I think he was out of practice uh, today. So that you kind of don't have 40, 48 players. Yeah. If if all those guys don't play. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. So Cyprian didn't practice yesterday. Yeah. So there's still a possibility that he could be like doubtful. Yeah. Um. But so seven guys didn't practice yesterday. It's the six that that we talked about: Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Corey Clement, Timmy Jernigan, Dallas Goddard, uh, Dallas Goddard, and Jordan Melata. And then Cyprian was out. And then. Uh, Ru- Rudy Ford and Camus were... Yeah, were, Rudy Ford, too. He yeah. was back at practice yesterday, I believe, right? Right, but they were limited. limited. Yeah. Um, progress for Camus, though. Yeah, progress for Camus. That's, that's like a t-shirt. Like, that's like a rallying <laughs> cry. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, like, well, his, when you look, like his campaign slogan or something. <laughs> when you look at the way the linebackers have played, um, they're tackled. Vote for me uh, for linebacker. Progress for Camus. <laughs> anyway, um, maybe that's our first podcast t-shirt. I don't know. Anyway. So, so, we, so yeah. I should say, Doug kind of... False teased us today. He at the press conference he declared uh, Deshaun Jackson out, which we all knew was going to happen, which I reported earlier this week. And then he was asked about Dallas Goddard and Austin Jeffrey are the two other obvious ones who their status is kind of up in the air. And he's like he was optimistic that there was still a chance they could play, not even just practice that they could play. And we kind of walked out of the we all kind of walked out of the press conference like oh maybe Alshon is going to play this week. And then we get to practice and Alshon isn't there. Dallas Goddard is there, which is notable. Because mm-hmm. his is like a lingering injury that he's had. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, Alshon Jeffrey did not practice. I don't have like specific statistics on this, but I can't imagine there's many cases in this organization where a guy doesn't practice at all during a week and then plays on Sunday. So, right. Alshon Jeffrey is probably not playing on Sunday. Yeah, and when you have a soft tissue injury, it's typically not good to, to do that. It's like 
playing a game without stretching. You know what I mean? It's you, you have to kind of build that up and you kind of have to find that, you know, uh, physical rhythm, I guess you could say. But Goddard being out there is huge because if they can have Goddard out there, even as a decoy or just a blocker, yeah. Uh, who cares if he's running routes? I mean, it improves yeah. your running game. He doesn't need to be like a part of the offense. If you're, even a decoy of him being out there, even just helps Zach Ertz. Yeah, I mean, I think I think too when you look at the way this team's built, they want to run twelve personnel. Like it was very clear against the Falcons that they were at a disadvantage from a play calling standpoint because they probably practiced a ton of twelve personnel. Which, which is why it made no sense that they yes. the Charles James Alex Ellis shuffle. <laughs> Craig James. Craig James. What did I call him? Charles James. Charles James is a corner. Oh, that's the guy who was on a Jackson. hard knocks. Yeah, yeah, he was from Jacksonville. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway. he exists. Yes. <laughs> and you got to hear me correct Zach for a while. Hey, there you go. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> this I didn't do it rudely. Hey. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Doug also somewhat ruled out Corey Clement, like, nonchalantly as well. I didn't even catch him saying that, actually. Yeah, he said, you know, with Corey Clement out... Those guys will have a See, little... It's funny, because I, I, I was uh, in the media horde that talked to uh, Clement two days ago, I believe. I don't know what day it is anymore. Uh, and he, he made it sound like he's okay, and it was more like precautionary that he was he had a sling and all that. But I don't, it makes sense that he's not playing on Sunday also. I, I think he'll probably be back for the Packers game would be my guess. Yeah, probably. I think, I think, I think you need all your horses, so to speak, for that for the, game. For that game. Uh, because it seemed, uh, I saw uh, that Camus said that he thought he was going to be back yeah. for the Green Bay game, and I had initially been told that the Jets game was his kind of... It's, it seems like generally the Jets game is where everybody comes back. Or not every, but like that's the goal right. for a lot of these injured guys. And uh, you know, and I think if he does come back for the Green, Gate, Green, Green Bay game... Oh, boy. Yeah, Green Bay game. <laughs> excuse me. Um, if you corrected yourself this time. Right? Yeah. Uh, if he comes back for the Green Bay game, I would imagine he's kind of eased in and he's the third linebacker. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He won't be the number one guy uh, that day. Right. So, you know, I think this team is in a weird spot because the injuries are coming at such an inconvenient time. We talked about that uh, earlier in the week. But um, from a game plan standpoint, you knew most of these guys were going to be out. So it kind of probably helps you figure out your your rotations and your and your personnel groupings. Uh, I've been told, I mean, this could change based on what happens in practice, but I've been told that they will run with uh, five defensive, five or six defensive ends and only three defensive tackles. I wouldn't look for Bruce Hector to be yeah. uh, promoted from the practice squad. If they do promote somebody, it'll be a wide receiver or a tight end. Uh, they might do both. Um, Josh Perkins is a guy that gives them a lot of versatility, especially for that 46-man roster. And especially as a guy that you don't worry about if he plays well, then nobody's claiming that dude off waivers or whatever. Right. So he'll play. I mean, he can play tight end. He can play wide receiver. He got a lot of special teams work during the preseason. And the other two guys that I guess would be in the running would be Greg Ward, who's been here for three summers and still some, hasn't played. In some again. training camp. I mean, yeah. in some uh, practice squad time, too. Yeah. Right. And then uh, Marcus Green, who's intriguing. He was a six-round pick of the, Fast. the Atlanta Falcons. He went to Doug Peterson's alma mater, Louisiana Monroe. That's right. Um, and and his numbers are nuts. And he he's also a, I think he ran a four three nine is what I looked up at his pro day. Yeah, and he's a very very good kick returner. Short guy though. Yeah, he's short, but he wears the number eighty nine, so you know it's real. That's that's good. anyway. So those would be the guys that those are the three if they guys call anybody up. Right, and and I'm not even positive they will. I, I think now's the time to well they're gonna call someone up. They yeah. have to at least for those numbers. Um, 
because as much as Doug, you know, tried to to sweet talk Darren Sproles as an alternative at wide receiver, he's been saying that a lot too. <laughs> right, you have Dallas Goddard, who even if he plays, is dealing with an injury. So you're already so it's kind of like you have two, like two and a half tight ends, basically. <laughs> right, and they only have three active or healthy wide receivers. So even if Alshon Jeffrey miraculously plays, you know what I mean? Yeah. What if What if Matt Collins is uh, growing necks up again? <laughs> right. You're you're you're. You've got to learn from what happened in week two because yeah. there were a lot of lessons there. And if you're going to take anything out of it, they, it's they those took lessons. they like took for granted that those guys would all stay healthy, kind of thing. Right. Um, so I think it's worth talking about what they should do with those roster spots in order to make those moves because at some point there has to be a discussion about Jordan Milata. There has to be a discussion about LJ Ford. There has to be a discussion about Jonathan Cibrian. Zendayo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Zendayo is going to stick around, at least because of the safety. At least for now, yeah. yeah. you know, Rudy Ford's injured and whatever. Um, but I think when you look at Cibrian, who's only really playing on special teams, he's a veteran who really never played on special teams before coming here. He's injured. You could theoretically put him on IR. Uh, Melada hasn't practiced since the preseason finale. I know you want to get him reps in practice, but like at this point, you already have Matt Pryor and Nate Herbig as developmental guys on the roster. You know who your left tackle of the future is and Andre Dillard. I just, I don't, I don't, from a, you've reached the point of no return from, from a perspective of these injuries are piling up and you need to be able to field bodies. Like you said, they might not even be able to field all 46 healthy players. Yeah. Like Matt Pryor and Nate Herbig, and Sharif Miller are all realistically going to be active. Yeah, just by virtue of them not having enough players for them not to be. Yeah. Right, like that's when you're like, hmm. But that's so, when I, so I guess at least they're in the situation now where if an offensive lineman gets hurt, they're in better shape probably. But Right. Yeah. Um, or if uh, Isaac Sambalo has another terrible yeah. game, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, but, yeah. But to me, I I don't think you're cutting your losses by putting Jordan Milata on IR. It's your... But the odds of him playing a meaningful role this year are slim already right i mean if he's not going to play all year what's the point yeah um and i think matt you need matt Pryor from from the perspective of you've gambled on him and kept him and he is and he the theoretically one. can play multiple positions right yeah. exactly so i think that's kind of the the thought process for me i would put melata on ir or i would move on from from cyprian it'd be one of those two moves yeah, if they make a move, it'll probably those seem like the two most because I don't know who else they would really cut on this team right now. I mean, maybe Herbig, but I, yeah, I really Her, yeah, I, I guess Herbig. I really think they like him. I yeah. think that's like a that's a real. Yeah, thing. I guess that that makes sense though, out of because he's a guy you could probably get through waivers in theory anyway. Hopefully. Um, uh, yeah, and hopefully for your brand. <laughs> yeah, for my brand. <laughs> uh, so the two guys, like, so assuming Deshaun, I mean, we know Deshaun's not playing, and Alshon. We talked about them earlier in the week, but J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Mac Hollins are like the two big names. So Mac Hollins spoke to the media yesterday. He hasn't really spoken to the media that much since like he started suffering these groin injuries. And he's like such an interesting guy. Um, well, he has like pet snakes, and he has you know he rides his bike to work, like all that stuff, and he had that weird hairdo. But he so he had this interesting thing that kind of blew up on social media in like a negative way, and I, I didn't take it as negative as everybody else did, but. So obviously, special. We talked a lot during the preseason how special teams was his way onto this roster. How he's a good gunner, all that stuff. And he basically was like, yesterday, if if a coach came to me, was like, uh, essentially, if if I had to get rid of one thing, I would get rid of playing offense before I would get rid of playing special teams because he just really likes playing special teams. Um, and I think that comes from like for for background on him. You know, he was a walk on coming out of high school at North Carolina. His, he worked his way and started playing as a freshman because of special teams. He was a captain as a freshman. And 
he said in, in North Carolina, all the starters played special teams, and he just like fell in love with it. And when he came here as a rookie, he wasn't really playing much on offense, and he was learning from Chris Maragos, who he called one of the best of all time in terms of being a gunner and all that stuff. So I, while, of course, you, you want a guy to like want to be the number one receiver, I think there's also something to be said about just like understanding who you are and you know what, what, how you can get on the field. Like Realistically, when everybody's healthy, he's not going to play that much on offense. Um, he, he knows that he has to play on offense these next few weeks, and he has to play a big role. Maybe that says something about where where like his mindset is as a receiver, but I I don't think it was as big of a deal as maybe the fan base made it out to be. Yeah, I don't see it as a negative at all. I think it's great. You know, there are so many people in this league that are vying for positions that they can't obtain, and he's a guy who he he has self awareness, which you know, being a really odd dude. It's what good. he called himself weird, by the way. It's not like yeah. I mean, his dad wants him to lie. So, so, it's I, cool. so it's I, I literally asked him because. You hear from injured guys all the time, they're like, it's a lonely existence when you're injured because you're like off in your own world. He's like, well, I'm, I'm lonely anyway. I mean, I'm a, not, I'm lonely. I'm, I'm weird and I, I'm kind of off of my own anyway. And people don't talk to me that much. And like, he was just like, I, I didn't really, I, don't, I found that fun. Like, he's just like so open about how he, like, I even saw, I was looking up some stuff about him. There was like a picture of him. I guess he had his pet snakes in college. Yep. There's pictures of like his teammates being all freaked out by them or whatever. Um, he's a unique personality though, and they, they clearly love him around here. And I'm sure Dave Phipp really appreciates that he feels that way about special teams. Sure, I mean, I think you know you have to have three or four guys that really kind of live for special teams because those core four guys, like the core four, you know, spots on special teams, you you've got to kind of develop and cultivate a group that really just when you play on special teams. I was watching Invincible the other day. And, it's Capali. Yeah, yeah. And the special teams coach, I mean that whole <laughs> that whole that whole movie's pretty much fabricated. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that he it was rang like that rang super true is he goes, you know, you've basically got to play like a bat out of hell. Like you th- this has got to be like you've got to seek and destroy. I mean, like this is you've got to be nuts to play on special teams in a lot of ways. I mean, it's obviously a lot safer now than it was yeah, it's in the different, 70s sure, but, but um, it's still part of it though like you have to want you have to, to be good at that you have to want to do it and i'll say this you i think that i don't think he should be commended for being able to yeah. like appreciate what he's good at we all should do that just like you know zach zach if zach had a role in life it would be not laughing um <laughs> because well we know uh so i think like i i don't really get the negativity of it, if anything, I think it's a positive. But that that said, he doesn't really run routes well. Yeah. Um, and so what I'm interested in this game is he's probably going to be the deep threat. Um, yeah. They've talked about that. A they're going to have him run go routes, and they're probably going to have him run posts, and that's probably it. But when you look at what the Lions have in their secondary, which we will talk about a little bit later, that's called the tease. Uh, he's going to have favorable matchups from a speed standpoint. And I think he's a guy to kind of watch. I wouldn't pick him up in fantasy, but he's a guy that I think could have a splash player too. Yeah, he could. you can look at his numbers and he has three catches for 60 yards or something like that. Right. Like a Deshaun-esque line yeah. when Deshaun's not going off. And I, I should say, like, him focusing so hard on special teams is going to keep him in the league for a long time too, as long as he stays healthy. For sure. And, and I think a lot of guys that have, you know, look, Looking at Alex Ellis, Alex Ellis was a walk-on at Tennessee. He played quarterback at, in high school, had a walk-on at Tennessee. Uh, you know, 
went to the Titans, got cut by the Titans, had to go to the Jaguars and only play So he's, he's scrapping his way to the NFL. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of those guys in this league. And the fact that Mac's got a voice and can just basically be honest, I mean, I think that that says a lot about his character. I mean, I think that's why the Eagles like undrafted guys in general because those mm-hmm. guys are more likely to try hard to get to where they have to be than a guy that was drafted and has everything handed to him. You know? For sure. Like Corey Clement. You know, he's on, he's on this... Getting undrafted might have been the best thing for him, honestly. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um... So speaking of guys that were drafted and um, maybe have struggled a little bit, uh, we should talk about him before we get into the preview. Isaac Sayamali referenced him earlier. Uh, Doug was asked about, like, at what point do you bench a guy when he's struggling? And he pretty vehemently said that Isaac Sayamali is not good. Like, you can have a bad game. If I Like, would I have benched Nelson Aguilar after his bad game? Like, he pretty much acknowledged or that his first drop, I guess. Um, Isaac was very bad. It was... 2017 reminiscent when he was benched for Wisniewski. Well, first he was benched for Chance Wormack, which makes that, it even That's right. It was like a rotation. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. like a weird guard rotation. Which is what the Jaguars were in last night, which that's is weird. A, team's doing that. That's, you don't do that on the offensive yeah. line. That's strange. But, um, so, I wonder, like, how many of those performance... I don't, I'm not saying I think he's going to have that level of performance. You hope he doesn't. But the Lions do have a tough interior defensive line group, which we'll get mm-hmm. to with matchups. With Snacks Harrison, especially. So... I don't know if they have a better option necessarily behind him because I don't know if I attack and play left guard, but it it is alarming the way he played last week. He is good at like moving on, like that. People, everybody in the in the room talks about how he he's quick to like forget. But if you just you can go to Jimmy Kemsky's Twitter feed, he had like a whole uh, thread of gifts of all of Isaac, not all of them, but a lot of the Isaac saying all his bad plays, and they're really really a lot of it. Some of it looks effort based. Some of it looks like he just got beat. Um, he he simply has to be better though. Obviously, yeah. like if they're gonna be a Super Bowl contender, they can't have a, a weak spot like that. Yeah, and and it's somewhat discouraging after the solid season that he had last year. Like he wasn't great last year, but he was like a starting level yeah. ta- uh, guard. Which is why me. they extended him. Right, he got a three-year, seventeen point six million dollar deal, and I think he got twelve point six million guaranteed. So like. Well, you know, it's nothing to, to... Not like superstar, but he's a guy that they want around. Yeah, it's actually a pretty cheap end deal, but still, it's, there's money involved. And, um, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate. I watched the game, and it, I rewatched the game, and it was bad. So, But he was going up against Grady Jarrett, who, in my opinion, is the top three, three technique in the league. Um, I think, you know, Doug was pretty adamant that Unless it's something that continually happens over time, yeah. I doubt he's going to play that poorly. You well, hope he doesn't do that ever again this season. Yeah, I think uh, you wrote an article on it, but Pro Football Focus uh, credited him with six hurries and two sacks. He's the worst graded offensive lineman in, in the week entire two. NFL. <laughs> in week two, which is a bummer because there are people that like, uh, you know, AJ Can that exists. So it's like, <laughs> oh, sorry. I like AJ Can. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. That's, I was surprised AJ's by that a, one. Yeah, but AJ's had some yeah. rough weeks. Yeah. Uh, Some guys are meant to be backups at that start. Yeah, I'll say Will Richardson instead. <laughs> you already uh, said it. It's on the air. It is on the air. <laughs> Thanks for AJ listening. He's an avid listener, so yeah, famously. Clearly. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's discouraging, but I, I, I wrote this in a story that's going to come out tomorrow. Tease. Tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it was a red flag, but it wasn't a final straw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he earned the right to like bounce back at least. Right, and there is no Wisniewski like nipping That's his the thing, yeah. heel. Like, I mean, Wisniewski's still out there. Nobody picked him oh, up. Oh yeah, he, no, believe me, he is still out there in every <laughs> which way. He's not coming back to the Eagles. Yeah, I, I don't think there are all the, there are people who were speculating they would bring him back like uh, the veteran thing, but that just I, I never saw that. The guy I'm interested in seeing like how much how much they like him. I wouldn't move. I wouldn't have buy Ty play left guard no. personally. He already he didn't do that great in his like his limited time he's played. Well, I think he looked okay. Yeah, right. Okay, right. yeah. I mean, uh, in preseason he looked good. I should yeah, say. in the preseason he looked but, good, and I thought he looked good in training camp. Yeah. Um, he's already got three positions. I know. Don't add game. more. Yeah. Herbig's the guy. I know. Uh, it's not just for the brand. It's he's he's. They're more likely to play Pryor. I feel like though. Probably. Yeah. Um, I don't think. I Pryor, would think. I don't know. But yeah, I don't think Pryor's that good. But I, I know you don't. But I'm just saying, like in theory, like. He's been around longer. Well, and that might be the case. I mean, that might be like the we're, thing. We're, we're getting a few steps that we both don't think Sam Miles is getting benched anytime soon. No, I, I think maybe. So he he was benched in week three. Yeah, after, after, the, after the Chiefs game where he was, he gave up six pressures, I believe, in that game. Yeah, and then he was, then he supplanted Wisniewski in week last five. Year. Last, last year. year, yeah. yeah. So, it's been such an interesting like shuffle at left guard. I don't think they would, since they just paid him, I don't think they would move on unless he was astronomically terrible until, like, maybe the bye week. So, that's yeah. um, something to keep an eye on. I think he'll bounce back. I think it helps that he's going to get to bounce back at home. Um, I view the defensive line of the Lions more as a run-stopping unit than a pass-rushing pass group, which should help him. But uh, they need to get this offensive line started in some yeah, they were bad last week for sure. Yeah, that, that was one of the worst games that I've seen from the offense. So well, when you rewatch, like who else stood out as struggling? Peters. I mean, Peters had a rough game. Um, yeah, it was basically the left side of the line. Yeah. I mean, Lane Johnson had his moments. Yeah, I mean, he had, late in the game, he gave up either a sack or a a hit mm-hmm. where the guy came around the edge. There was a lot of holding calls too. I mean, it just it wasn't I'm, a yeah. it wasn't a fun night for them. If the Eagles are going to be good, it starts in the trenches. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And all right, so we can transition now into 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 into. We're both struggling to talk today. Long week. Friday, baby. <laughs> um, we transition into the preview in the game. Um, let's do some key matchups. So I, I put down just because we don't I, we don't think that Austin Jeffrey's playing. I said Darius Slay versus Aguilar. I don't know if they do they. I don't know if they put their cornerback staying on one side or if they follow anybody. It, de- it depends on the matchup. So I'm curious if 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 you were to follow anybody, it would be Aguilar. What, what do you? I know Doug is pretty complimentary of Slay. What do you think about uh, their secondary? I think Darius Slay is a top five corner in the league. Mm-hmm. I think he's very, very talented, um, and they they treated him as such. Uh, I'm not so worried about the Slay Aguilar matchup as I am the Justin Coleman versus anybody who's in the slot matchup. Uh, Justin Coleman, he's a nickel corner that they just paid this offseason. Yeah, he's free agent signing, yeah. Yeah, he's very good. And I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him, whether he they put him on Zach Ertz or if they put him on somebody like, well, I would assume Matt Collins is the slot receiver because J.J. Ersega White is probably going to uh, And I would say there's a good bet they double Zach Ertz in this game. He, oh, yeah. yeah they're like going to try to take him away. That's why Goddard is so huge if he does play. Even as a decoy, yeah. Yeah, um... You know their their safeties are interesting. Tracy Walker is a is a bit of an underrated playmaker. He can make plays on the ball, but I wouldn't say he's terrific in coverage. Quentin uh, Quandre Diggs used to be a corner, and he was just so slow that they put him at safety. 
that's something that they could potentially exploit if Goddard's on the field. Um, Rashawn Melvin's a journeyman corner who's probably going to be the matchup for anybody who's not being covered by Slayer Coleman in, in nickel formation. Um, I think Matt Collins could have a good game. Uh, I do think that if JJ can be physical off the line, I think he can win battles against Melvin. Um, they're going to have to run the ball in this game. Yeah, so, sure. so I'm going to say that one of the biggest matchups in this in this whole thing is is really the offensive line, kind of the yeah. offensive yeah. line versus the defense. The trenches are yeah. you can have everybody and involved. Snacks Harrison is, is disruptive in the running game. Yeah, I mean Trey Flowers is actually really good. By the way, sneakily, it. the Snacks Harrison trade might have been worse than the Odell Beckham one for the yeah, Giants. That's a terrible trade. <laughs> um, like that dude's good. Like what are they doing? <laughs> their linebackers are pretty good. I like Devin Kennard. I like. Jared Davis, I like Christian Jones. Yeah, I feel like they have they have what like just a, a solid defense, not like amazing. Yeah, I mean bad, people, yeah. you can run on them. Uh, the Chargers certainly did last week, kept the game low scoring, which I think is what this Eagles team is going to look to do because I don't think they're going to put up a ton of points with no. the weapons that they have. Unless this is where Wentz really shows how good he can be, I guess. Right, yeah. if he elevates the play of everyone yeah. else, but yeah. I, I would look to see Sproles and Sanders heavily involved in the in the passing game. I think I, we're gonna, we're going to see another heavy Sproles game. Yeah, I think that's fair. They've been talking him up the way they say he's our emergency receiver or whatever, so I, I think they're going to throw it to him a lot. Yeah, I think he'll Not be, running, I think he'll throw, get a lot of catches. He'll be an extension of the passing game, yeah. and I think, I think this is the game you have to start Jordan Howard and really kind of get those first couple of drives going. It's like a tough runner. It's not someone who goes side to side like Sanders keeps doing. Right. The, you know, for the confidence of the offensive line, when you have somebody who's constantly bouncing like that, you're opening up holes but not seeing any progress out of it. I just don't think it's a helpful start. I think Miles Sanders should still get an equal amount of carries, but I think you really need to start off strong. Jordan Howard's a guy that you can trust. You know what he can do. Um, if you want to just, you know, start him for the first two series and then, you know, pepper him in after that, that's fine. But you need to put the right foot forward. And I think, you know, Carson can benefit from the veteran experience of Jordan Howard being able to pass block, being able to, run he's certainly proven that he's a much better receiver than than build uh and so i think that's something that needs to really happen i think you know from my perspective on defense danny amendola versus avante maddox is going to be a big situation there because matt stafford's getting the ball out quickly he can put up a ton of yardage i, I put down all the eagles corners again because the the lines do have talented receivers they have galladay marvin jones and uh amandola that's a pretty good group of receivers and marvin jones is a guy who i think has kind of fallen under the radar but he's going to be a really difficult matchup for Sidney jones and russell douglas i mean galladay's just a physical he's a tough guy to like yeah. he's not julio jones s but he's like big he's in the allen robinson yeah. mold yeah yeah for sure. And they use him all around. So um, if, like, Darby's on him, that, that tackling is an issue for Darby. So that's something right, to watch. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see, you know, Joe Dahl and uh, Frank Ragnow versus Fletcher Cox, especially with Hassan Ridgeway being kind of his partner in crime now, a new one for the And Akeem year. Spence shuffling in, yeah. Yeah, and if Akeem Spence is six foot one, I'm probably like six foot five. Yeah, he's he's shorter than I thought. Yeah, and we, um, and we should then so Taylor Decker and Wick Wagner are their starting tackles. I never heard of Rick Wagner in my life. Oh, uh, uh, he's actually pretty good. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do know who Taylor Decker is, but Brandon Graham, Derek Burnett, they've both been good, but neither have a sack yet. And I, I think it is. I know the coaching staff really tries to downplay the sacks. Uh, which I, I, like there's something to that, but you also need to finish the. I, I know some of that has to do with the corners and all that. 
But Brandon Graham and or Derek Barnett need to win a battle or two this week. I mean, coaching staff, be brave and just be 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 <laughs> accept your truth like Zach has with his laugh. Second Zach laugh joke in in, in the show. I appreciate it. Self acknowledgement of a joke that you self appreciate too. Yeah. So what I'll say is, Carryon Johnson got like a big reputation early on. They're running back. They don't really have a great running back stable. Uh, I think you can shut them down. I think this is the Eagles defense has proven that it's a very good run-stopping team. I think they'll be able to do that in this game. If you can make the Lions one-dimensional, Stafford's going to throw interceptions. It's just it's a fact. Stafford's got a lot of Phillip Rivers to him, um, where he'll gunsling at times and, and throw a lot of passes. Uh, Jesse James doesn't frighten anyone uh, outside <laughs> I didn't, of the I didn't realize they had him, honestly. Yeah, But they had P.J. Hawkinson, though. They do. I mean, he was really good in week one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're gonna have trouble with tight ends, but I also think Malcolm and, and Rodney can handle them. Uh, yeah, the Wagner versus the Wagner versus uh, Graham matchup is gonna be one that I'm really interested to see because I do think Graham can get the better of him. Um, Vinny Curry, I'm interested to see how they use him because I would use him at three technique at times and have Hassan Ridgeway and Akeem Spence be the nose tackles. Um, when you look at special teams, Jamal Agnew is actually a really, really good returner. He returns kick and punts for them. Um, and then I think this game is going to be a battle of field positioning. I, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think it'll be in the teens to early 20s, and it'll be close. Um, I think punting is going to be really important. Cam Johnson's had a low-key, pretty good start to the year. Um, and kicking is going to be important. I think there's going to be a lot of field goals in this game. I think fantasy-wise, I saw that um, the Lions have given the second most points to a kicker. So if you Interesting. if you have Jake Elliott on your fantasy team or, or need a kicker, he might be the, yeah. the best bet. All right. So now we'll go through some rapid-fire predictions and then our game predictions, then we'll do some Jalen Ramsey talk. So far, there has been no trade yet, knock on wood, <laughs> as we're talking here. Um, Zach, shut up. <laughs> uh, all right, rapid-fire. All right, number one, give me what you think the top uh, five Eagles receivers are on Sunday in terms of receptions. Receptions or targets? Receptions. Um, Aguilar, Ertz. I think Aguilar's going to get more catches than Ertz this week? Yeah, just because I think they're going to double-team Ertz. And Ertz is going to need to be protective with the ball. I, I don't think he'll get more targets, but I think he'll get more catches. So that's why I asked. Fair. Aguilar, Ertz, JJ, Mac, Sproles. That's pretty much what I had earlier this week. I think I might move Sprawls up, but that sounds about right. I said, uh, so number two, will J.J. Arcega-Whitehead score his first touchdown? No. Um, Over-under receptions for Zach Ertz, 10. Oh, uh, 10, 10 you're saying? Wow, that's pretty high. Uh, under. Under, okay. Uh, will Darren Sprawls get the 40 yards he needs this week to move into the top five? I thought it was 41. No. 40, whatever it is. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Because of a punt return. Because of a punt return. So you think well, no. Like, I think he'll get like 25 yards receiving. Oh, like combining all of it. Will the Eagles defensive ends get their first sack of the season? Yes. Will Anderson Day he'll play more than 30% of the snaps, which he's done both of the first two weeks? Yes. Oh, boy. That stinks. <laughs> Will Matthew Stafford throw for more than 300 yards? The Eagles have given up more than 300 yards in two straight weeks. Yeah. So not a not a great day for the corners again. I mean, he he he's a guy like Philip Rivers who puts up just a lot of yardage numbers. Do they matter really? Rivers is better than Matt Stafford. Oh, it's not yeah. even yeah. close. <laughs> I could talk to you about Philip Rivers for like three hours. Big Philip guy. Big Philip. 
All right, what's your game? What's your uh, game prediction score? Uh, Eagles twenty three, Lions twenty. Reasoning? Um, I think this is going to be one of those games where the home crowd um, really plays a factor. Um, the Lions are a dome team. They're it's a one o'clock game. It'll be reasonably weather, you know, effective, and I think. When you look at what the Lions do, nothing they do is really all that impressive. Doug Peterson's gone up against Matt Patricia's defenses before. He knows what he's doing. The Eagles, I'm very confident going into this week. Uh, they need this win, you know, to stay even with the with the Cowboys because right now it's a two-team race and the Cowboys are basically being gifted three really easy opponents to start the season. And then the Saints without Drew Brees after that. Yeah, I mean, it, this is... You know, they're they're. I think the Cowboys have as good a shot at winning their division as any team in the entire yeah. league. Outside the of Eagles need to play like they were supposed to before the season. Right, basically. exactly. Uh, I had the Eagles winning twenty to thirteen. Um, like you were saying, like this isn't a gimme game like maybe we thought it would be before the season. Probably just mm-hmm. mainly because of the circumstances. If the Eagles were fully healthy, I think they'd win by multiple touchdowns. Yeah, I think this game would be a blowout. But they they're not fully healthy, and the offensive line is coming off a terrible game. Lions have some intriguing defensive linemen that we went over. Uh, Trey Flowers, another guy we didn't mention earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, so I, I think it, this is kind of like I was saying. This is kind of a game where we see what Carson Wentz is made of a little bit. I know mm-hmm. it's just the Lions, but if he, even if he can come out and throw for three hundred yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions, like you feel pretty good about where you're going with him the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, and this is this isn't a night game. There aren't special circumstances. There's not like you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. not. It's not an all eyes on me sort of thing. And I think, you know, we went, I don't know how long this podcast is, is at right now, but we went a very long time without talking about Carson Wentz. And the truth is he had a very up and down performance last year, last week. And the week before that, I mean, it's been a tale of two halves in each of the last two weeks. He needs the to really start off strong in this game, um, whether it's through his mobility or him getting the running game going or throwing the guys out of the backfield. Uh, one thing I'll point out, Nelson Aguilar, the last time he played a Matt Patricia defense, had nine, a career-high nine catches in the Super Bowl. He was able to get open and beat zone coverage. That's something to keep an eye on. I think they're going to move Nelson Aguilar around. I think he's going to play on the outside. He's going to play in the slot. They're going to try to find the right matchup. And if Darius Slay is only working the two outside spots, that might be good because then you get Nelson lined up against Justin Coleman, who I think is very good, but I think Nelson can win that matchup. All right, so we teased this at the beginning of the episode. Uh, we're going to do a little Ramsey talk. If you if you fast-forwarded this far, why do you hate us that much? The rest of our stuff is really good. You missed out. <laughs> but anyway, so Mike and I decided to do like a joint byline today, which we do every now and then, and it's kind of fun every now and then. <laughs> I mean, for you. <laughs> for me. But, yeah. <laughs> but we both came up with our own Jalen Ramsey offer that we think would get the job, the deal done with the Jaguars is like the theory. Yeah. We did the we did the legwork for Dave Caldwell and Howie Roseman essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like guys, just put away your notebooks. We, like tough. I said, I even put in the story. I'm like, let it. You know, we've done the legwork already. They, all they need to do is read the story, and they're good. Just pick one of our offers. What's like our finders our finders for you? Do we get to pick the seventh round pick next? If one year of us gets us? the exact offer, then they have to pay us. I think. Oh, actually, you guys missed this before Zach was on air. He promised that if I get this deal correct and the player and the picks are right, that he's going to watch 
Tombstone. I never literally never this said weekend this. <laughs> in a full cowboy uniform, but like not like a traditional cowboy uniform. He'll dress like Woody from Toy Story. But also, none of that happened. So fake news is what happened. I don't know. <laughs> it's a shtick, dude. Go with it. Um, I would never wear a cowboy yeah. So um, both of us watched the game last night. Uh, Jalen Ramsey played against the Titans, which is still confusing me. But he didn't get hurt, so it's fine. So here's what I'll say about that. I think it ups his trade value. Because it speaks to the fact that he's got integrity. And yeah, he, wants he still to win. went out and played hard and helped them win. And he definitely played hard. I mean, there were some hits that he made. I, I just, for like, I get that point, but you're still like risking him getting injured. Like, oh, cer- certainly, yeah. there, there's a risk and a reward involved. And I think, yeah. like, for me, I, I don't know if it was worth the risk. Is my thing. So, I said this on Twitter before the thing, before the game. Um, dangling him with the aspect of playing him before the game when anything else could happen could force a team to like yeah. overoffer because they don't want to risk him getting injured whatever well then you also have shot Khan coming out and being like we want to make him the highest paid corner so like they're clearly playing a game here well but if also, they're going to trade him but i, I his feelings are genuine from who <clears> i <throat> talked to in the organization about wanting to leave you mean about wanting to keep Jalen. Oh, I, I, think, I, I, I think you meant Jalen's feelings are genuine. Well, yes, those are also genuine. <laughs> um, so let me say this, just from a perspective standpoint. The Jaguars, as I said last or in our last podcast, they do adore the guy. This is clearly a, a an issue with management. It's not an issue with ownership. It's not an issue with coaching. Um, and Tom Coughlin is a guy that is prickly. I don't. I think I could say that, right? I mean, he has a. That's a well-known reputation. That he right, has. right. Yeah. Um, but as he advances in age, uh, <laughs> the disconnect between him and the talent on his team is severely. Uh, He's turning more and more into Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino. Is what yes, you're saying. get off his lawn, or or. I know you didn't or see Clint this Eastwood yet. in the mule. Yeah, or the Clint mule. Eastwood in, in list anything from the last decade. That's actually who I see when he's complaining about cell phones half the movie. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure Tom Coughlin complains about cell phones too. Certainly. <laughs> he's probably got their phones. They're always tweeting what they're thinking. He's <laughs> definitely got a flip phone. Shout out to Ryan Dunleavy. Um, so yeah. So it, basically what I will say is this. The Jaguars are definitely open to trading him. They've received some really good offers. That said... They have the leverage of not trading him, and that is leverage. Well, have it, having that early game almost helps them with that now, because then you could have teams that if they have an injury or something. Right. So you could wait till Monday. But that said, too, his trade value, as long as he stays healthy, is not going to decrease as you get closer to the trade deadline. Also, his trade value, if he stays healthy, is not going to decline once they hit the off season, um, when teams can recalibrate and kind of figure out what their plan is for the off season, so they can agree to a trade similar to what. The Eagles did with Deshaun Jackson and Michael Bennett beforehand and kind of get their ducks in a row. I think the Jaguars will trade him within the next week. That said, they have to continue to present the opportunity of holding on to him. They do have a division title that they can compete for. That AFC South division is an absolute mess as it is almost every year. Um, And that defense played very well. With him in it, they already are paying AJ Boyd a top cornerback money. He could be a number one corner and has been a number one style corner, even with Ramsey around. Um, they really like Trey Herndon, uh, former undrafted corner that has really stepped up the last couple of years. Look, I think they need offensive line help, and so let's get into our proposals. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll give my proposal first. I had 
The Eagles uh, trade Sidney Jones, their first-round pick this year, their third-round pick this year, and a fifth-round pick next year. And in return, they get Jalen Ramsey, a sixth-rounder this year, and a seventh-rounder next year. It's kind of like the – that's a classic Howie move. He gets, you get, like, the late-round picks as throw-ins at the back of a deal mm-hmm. and helps you have a little more assets in there. And, and part of, you know, number one, the Eagles would have a surplus of corners at that point. And I think the if they if the Jaguars are going to be interested in any of their cornerbacks, I, I imagine they would demand Sidney Jones probably, unless they were high on Rizul Douglas probably, right? Yeah. Um, and then you add to the fact, that, okay, the Eagles are going to get at least a third-round compensatory pick. After you do this trade, you can turn around and cut either Sendejo and or LJ Ford, and then you're getting another fourth-round pick. So you're not really losing as many picks as it seems. And you're going to have to give up at least one first-round pick. Putting Sidney Jones in the deal probably reduces the amount that you have to give up otherwise. I would think, depending again, it depends on how high they would be on Sydney in theory. We there was one guy who was arguing with us in our Twitter feeds about. His, I thought he was Sydney's father. Like, so, <laughs> so like the, this beyond this discussion, like this happens a lot with like trade discussions. Guys, fans tend to like not want to trade away their own guys because they have potential. But you have to consider Sydney Jones at his very best is probably not going to be as good as Jalen Ramsey. So you're trading for potential to be something that. Jalen Ramsey already is anyway, and that happens a lot in trades where guy or maybe people aren't as high in them. But you have to consider like what you know and what you don't know, and you don't know what Sidney Jones is going to be. Well, but anyway, so what do you think of my offer? Well, I think one, I'll say your logic is extremely sound. Uh, if you want to play, you've got to pay. Yeah, like I, I've got a lot of feedback. Um, they should trade Ronald Darby. Well, what's really yeah, appe- what's really appealing? Yeah, to the Ronald Jaguars Darby? have to want the guy. Like, yeah, yeah, say, yeah, oh, yeah. no, they shouldn't trade him. They should trade the lesser guy. Well, no, that the point of us putting him in there is because he's the big, big better chip. Right. Yeah. So, like Ronald Darby, right? He's on a one-year deal. He's played horribly the last two games. Like, what's appealing there? What I will say is this: Rasul Douglas fits into their cover three defense a little bit better, so you, yeah. you don't have to. Scheme I mean, I, I can see it being Rasul instead of Sydney or yeah. or Avante even. Maybe they demand Avante. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I well, I yeah, yeah. It's but possible. I mean, if they only would do it with Avante, I, I would do it. They, but they really it would depend on the package. They like taller guys, so yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just saying, like from the Eagles' perspective, I, sure. I, I, we're both big on Avante. I know, but if like they're like we only want Avante, and it has to be with this tra- package, or you have to give us a second first, like you give Avante. Up. Yeah, yeah. It's, Definitely. I yeah. mean, Dallas Goddard will be sad for days, but yes. Um, <laughs> Who's he going to play Fortnite with? I think your logic is very sound. I like that you considered the compensatory pick formula because I do think, I, as much as people are down on LJ Ford, or sorry, on Zendejo, I think LJ Ford's probably the most likely. He hasn't played at all on defense, yeah. Right, and Camus Grugier Hills, as, yeah, as we said, is, is on, on the mend. Um, you know, they also worked out Paul Worlow a couple of weeks ago. That's kind of interesting. Um, lets you know that they're not settled with that linebacker position. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's sound. I think you're giving them a haul that's worthy of Jalen Ramsey. My question would be, do the Eagles want to give up that much? And I think, I think it's smart. Fair question. To, I think it's smart to do the, the pick swaps. Um, like at the bottom of the uh, of like the draft, but I'm interested to see how much they really want to keep that that haul intact for the 2020 uh, draft. Yeah, I mean that's something you have to consider because especially if they were to hypothetically trade for someone like Ramsey, then okay, it looks so. I, I know a lot of people said they can fit him under the cap, but that's not factoring in all the guys that they're going to have to re, either resign or add to the roster draft picks. Like, 
you have the salary, but you need to use that salary to fill out the roster because as of right now, they would have significantly less than a 53-man roster going into next year. So I, that definitely is a concern. And I think people are – I know people are like, if you get him, you pay him, but you have to factor in other stuff because then they just made it – you know, like you can't cut Deshaun or Malik Jackson based on the way they structure their contracts. You'd be losing money. Um, they just did the Alshon thing where they kicked the bucket down the road, so they kind of have to keep him next year now. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you're probably going to have to get rid of Nigel Bradham at this point. Though. I'm not sure that's a terrible thing based on the way he's played. So it, the, the salary cap situation is interesting. But tell them what your offer was, or do you need me to say it? No, I'll tell you. I wasn't sure if you added up. Yeah, um, it's a first-round pick in 2020, a fifth-round pick in 2020, a second-round pick in 2021, and Big B. Um, here's why this makes sense. If you Well, if you watched last night's game, you know their offensive line is struggling. Not only is their offensive line struggling, but... They have an issue right now where their left tackle, Cam Robinson's coming off an ACL injury. He had to rotate with Will Richardson yesterday. Or, sorry, uh, Cedric Ogbogwe. Uh, so, whatever. Agaboogie. Yeah, Agaboogie, whatever. <laughs> um, so, he had to rotate with him. Then at right guard, AJ Can hasn't been playing well. Second shout out for AJ Can, <laughs> the podcast. Uh, and so, they rotated him with Will Richardson. And then at right tackle, they have J1 Taylor. Former Gator. I forgot they drafted him. Uh, second round pick. He's kind of figuring things out. Has had terrible grades on Pro Football Focus his first But he, few you games. expect that for a rookie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's feeling it out. Yeah. Guess what? Big B can play all three positions. He'd start for them, yeah. He would definitely start for them. Uh, he's a buy-low guy. You can you can sign him to a pretty cheap extension, similarly what the, they did with Isaac Sayamalu um, in, uh, in the offseason. I think for me, uh, the big the big takeaway here is you're getting a guy who can contribute almost immediately. He's played with Nick Foles, so Nick Foles can vouch for him. He's a guy that can play three different... His versatility is very important. Um, I think he would play right guard for them almost immediately. Um, and he's a guy who's still young. You can get a lot of, out of him moving forward. But then you still get that first round pick. You get the fifth round pick. So you get you're getting two picks extra in this draft. And then on top of that, you're prolonging the value of this trade with the second round pick. I'm giving if I'm the Jaguars, I'm giving Jalen Ramsey straight up for that. Uh, I don't feel the need to, to add picks to it. If I'm Howie, I, what's the seven, extra seventh round pick? Unless you're you got another trade for Hassan Ridgeway in, in the works. So again well, I think that's why how he likes doing the trades where you get it like the Deshaun one that they get a seventh next year. I think that's why he likes doing that. Well and I think like you Hassan said Ridgeway's starting for them, by the way. Like that trade looks pretty good. Even oh, if, it looks even great. Even if Ridgeway's not good, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it looks great. And, yeah. and I think uh I think every time, that, every time Schefter tweets, by the way, I'm like, is there a trade? Yeah, in there? if you're noticing like we're a little distracted, <laughs> that's keep, because we have alerts on our phone for them, so I keep, oh, God, it's just We're just like you. No one cares about the brown starters, Adam. Come on. Um, I should say a couple of things. Ronald Darby still has Jalen Ramsey's I know, Jaguars jersey in his locker. So we, we had a little halftime for our podcast here. It kind of worked out because you got to see that in his locker. Too. <laughs> yeah. Nice also, little anecdote. Also, I spoke to Derek Barnett. They went to Brentwood Academy. Yeah, yeah Brentwood Academy in Tennessee together. They still keep in touch. Conversations are apparently infrequent, but they still talk. Uh, that's important. When you talk about what Joe Douglas kind of, you know, his thought process was to get guys that have connections to the roster 
it helps in kind of mitigating disaster and mitigating, you know, unwanted personalities. And I think having those guys in there will be very helpful if they were to trade for Ronald Darby or sorry for Jalen Ramsey. Um, that's also part of the reason why I don't think you trade Ronald Darby. I think Darby would be a very good sounding board and a very good, uh, example, at least for the playbook. Um, you know, in that regard. And also, Darby would go from being your number one corner to your number two corner where the matchups would be a lot more favorable. All right. So to close this out, we'll get into some comments. We got a couple people who are, who commented on our trade offers. Um, this first one is was on the actual story on the website from Jerome Kent. He said, um, as for the deal, I do not want to give up Vitae. Too many injuries in an offensive line that is aging. We have to be conservative there. I'm going with Zach and his deal. Smart man. We have a little more depth at corner or will if the injuries resolve themselves. I mean, they have four people at corner, so. But, but yeah, I, I don't sure. know. Jerome is a smart man, in my opinion. All right. And then uh, at, on Twitter, at Wentz11 Olvania, who's a frequent listener of our podcast, actually, so shout out to him. Um, shout He said, I like Kay's deal because of the picks being separated by years. I just worry about line depth by trading Vitae. And he said, uh, for my trade, I like the concept of giving up a corner for a corner, especially since he's unproven and has struggled with injuries. Either working would be amazing. I think both of those trades, we both agree that they, if they played out, the Eagles would be pretty happy with that. Yeah, yeah I think so. All right, and then from our from our podcast from earlier in the week where we talked a lot about Jalen, so there's a lot of responses about it still. Daniel Tim said, I say give up a first in 2020 and 2021, plus if, it, if you need it to make the deal work, give up either Mills or Darby. Ooh. Nobody's trading so two, so two first. So two first, and you're basically giving them a first, so they take Mills, <laughs> which seems ridiculous because <laughs> he's you know. Um, uh, can't wait, wait, wait before no, you go, continue go this. No one's trading for Jalen Mills. Stop. Yeah, everybody, calm down. <laughs> I need to say this. Stop. Dean Greenlee says I would rather have a DT, but I'll take it. Get it done, Howie. Like you'd rather have another defensive tackle. I get. Good that. luck getting a you know an elite not, defensive tackle. That's the thing. There's not that many of them yeah. available. That teams keep besides the Giants. Teams keep those guys. Yeah. Uh, Sean Sheckles says we got to get Ramsey. We can't defend receivers right now. Hard to argue with that. <laughs> but how many Sheckles would you throw down nice. on on his extension? Nice Jewish joke yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Israeli joke. Uh, Reem fifty three. The Birds' first first round picks is going to be in the high 20s anyway, and they're not going to see a talent like Jalen Ramsey. So the Wolf of Wall Street, a.k.a. Howie Roseman, needs to get this deal done. <laughs> I mean, but wouldn't he be the Wolf of Broad Street? Oh, that's good, actually. Look at him. Oh, came up wow. with a nickname for him. Oh, my gosh. You should feel pretty smart about yourself. Oh, if he trade, if he makes the trade. Are you start calling him that on podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, T.S. Statue says, give up Darby in a first round pick. Easy enough. Just give it up. Just, just do it. <laughs> Big B says, Ramsey wants money Philly don't have. It's not entirely accurate, but I understand the salary cap concerns. And I, this is a little, I'm just going to read the letters. H-R-Y-S-I-V-J-6-7. Said a first in 2020, a second in 2021, and Avante Maddox. Repeat that again? I'm sorry. I just, it was a weird, you got distracted by the username. Yeah. It was a first in 2020, a second in 2021, and Avante Maddox for Jalen. Huh. It's interesting. It's a reasonable offer. Uh, the, the only reason why I think Avante Maddox wouldn't be appealing is they prefer yeah. bigger corners. For sure. All right. Um, so we'll end on that note. Uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. You Comment with what your prediction is for the game, and we'll, we'll shout you out if you get it right on Sunday for our post-game pod. An afternoon game, a rarity around these parts, it Thank seems God. like. <laughs> Thank God. Then we flip right back and are going to be in Green Bay pretty late. But I like Thursday games because we get to watch football on Sunday. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so thanks for listening. Leave comments, write reviews, and uh, we'll talk to you guys Sunday night.